Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Severely Personal. Thank you so much for listening. So, oh my God. Today's episode is inspired by my annoying ass gay voice. I've been told my whole life that like I sound gay. It's like any person who is gay, like that's the first thing that identifies them. But we'll get into that later on. But let's go into my sleigh and my flop of the week. My flop of the week is that it's just been kind of like boring. Like I've been in like this like weird hermit state where like I'm not really going out and doing much, which in some ways is nice because before this, it made me really anxious to be doing nothing. Like if I was like laying in bed watching TV, it like gave me so much anxiety because I was just like, I have to be doing something. I need to do something productive. And now I am like clinging to my bed and I genuinely like even doing the podcast, I'm like, damn, I don't want to do the podcast. I mean, like I'm enjoying doing it. And when I do it, I'm like, okay, I'm glad I did it. But it's just like, getting up to do these things that are productive, I do not want to do at all. So that's kind of like my flop of the last weeks. My sleigh. Ooh, my sleighs have been going back to the gym because I'm trying to get rid of some of this tummy, some of this tummy fat, still being healthy about it. Um, and I think I want to start keto. I think I want to put my body in a ketosis state because it sounds really healthy, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, I have to do things slowly because a girl loves food, a girl loves to eat, and a girl loves her carbs. So we're going to Universal this week. I know when you guys were listening to my last episode, we're filming, but we're just catching up. So if you want to hear about all the tea that happened at Universal and then coming out with my family, that'll all be discussed in the next episode. We film early because we're busy. We're busy girls. So that's my sign, my flop of the week. Very like Easy going. I feel like there's something juicy that may have happened. Ooh, oh, another slave of the week is I got this book. It's called Letting Go. Oh, and oh my God, let me tell y'all. It's so, I'm literally only on chapter two and I'm already like a changed man. So I'll put that in the description if you guys want to check it out. The library, you don't need to buy it. Go to the library. <laughs> I should be sponsored by the US government. So yeah, I wanted to talk about like where the fuck gay voices come from. I recently got an email, and by recently, I mean like a month ago. I got an email from this book company, and they asked me to like submit like my voice for some of their like books. And to me, that was one super exciting and also just very shocking because like I have a very gay voice. And it's something that, like, I'm not really, I guess in in some situations I am insecure about it because it's so, like, identifiable. But we've also just been, like, I don't know. You don't hear my, you don't hear gay voices. You don't hear effeminate voices unless it is, like, only a gay thing, you know. And even then, it's still probably very, like, heteronormative. So, yeah, if it, you first, I'll just so I just want to go ahead and say that if you're gay and have a very gay voice, y'all, we still get to we still get to voice over books. So keep it going. I watched a documentary called Do I Sound Gay? And I, it's for free. So if you have like Roku or whatever, if you just have access to Tubi, like it's just a free thing. There's some commercials. You can watch it for free. It's really good. And that's where a lot of my 
uh, resources are going to be coming from. And then the other stuff will be linked in the description. So when you're hearing like a gay voice, y'all know we are famous for our vowels, our elongated vowels, our S's, and then like the P t and K sounds. Like those are very exaggerated, which specifically with the Patika. I went to Florida School of the Arts and I had to take like a speech class and we literally did exercises where we were like specifically enunciating the P, T and K. And it just made me think like, oh, gay men are just so articulate, except James Charles. It makes me sad because like in so many situations, it feels like it's a compliment when someone says like, oh, I didn't know you were gay or like I would have never have guessed because... We try so hard to mask the gay voice. Like we're fighting the image that will betray us. Even the way we talk, the way we walk, like we're constantly monitoring it because it's all about like survival. And I'm specifically talking about like, you know, going through school, for example, like I always was masking up and... Even when I was around my family, like totally a different person. And then when I was around like my girlfriends, that's when I was like me, you know, very feminine and super gay. So like in many cases, queer adolescence, I hate saying is right because right is not the correct word to use, but you get what I mean. Queer adolescence is right to like be that way because, you know, it attracts violence. There's so many situations of like, queer children, gay people, like, getting beat up in school just because, like, they're easily targeted for being gay. Because, yeah, maybe they can dress straight, but once they start talking, they sound gay. And so then the question is, like, well, why do we sound gay? Like, why do we all have that similar voice, that similar sound? Like, what is it that makes us talk this way? And I'll go ahead and say that for the most part, there are so many straight people who sound fucking gay and there are so many gay people who sound fucking straight. And long story short, like I'll just go ahead and tell you the the reason why we have the quote unquote gay voice is simply just because of our environment. A lot of the times it's uh, people who are surrounded by women and we pick up on their speech patterns of women like even like accents in general. I remember just living in Miami for a year, like just after five months, I had like specific like Spanish sounding like dialect to my language. And it wasn't even something that I was like purposely doing. It was just being surrounded by that many people. Those were my influences and you just pick up on it. And so in the case with a lot of gay men, you know, we're surrounded by women. I think there's just a relation in terms of like femininity and even the things that we're into like art and like the cliche stereotypes. There's that shared common culture. So even when it comes to music and everything like that, we're, we're or at least for me, like I'm looking at interviews of these, like all my influences in life have strictly been women. Like no man has ever influenced me proudly. So I have my speech patterns. My vernacular is very feminized and queer identifying. There's this thing called code switching. And originally code switching was strictly just like people who speak multiple languages and can like, like in a sentence, they're going from English to Spanish to 
Portuguese. So that was originally what code switching was. There's also a new, a, a second definition to code switching, which is about changing mannerisms, tone of voice, or just like a linguistic code, like switching between those. So this is a quote from Better Up. Uh, it says, code switching is the ways in which a member of an underrepresented group consciously or unconsciously adjust their language, syntax, grammatical structure, behavior, and appearance to fit into the dominant culture. We all want to fit in, and we all make subtle choices to be more acceptable to the groups we're with. This is called our contextual identity, and this adaptability is at the core of the human experience. But when our contextual identities are out of step with our authentic absolute identities, we're in trouble. In those cases, we're not choosing to adapt. We're forced to hide. This is why code switching can be so damaging for members of minority populations. This is something that I worked on with my therapist, too, because I, I always told her that I had three identities when I was growing up. And they weren't like different people. It was just certain walls and barriers I chose to either show or let down. And for example, it was like when I was with my closest friends, I was my most authentic when I was with my work, my coworkers, I was a, a little bit of a different person. And then when I was around my conservative family or church people, I was completely like not Noah. And it was because I needed to protect myself and I needed to not be identifiable and stereotypically gay. So it, it involved a lot of masking. Even in situations like uh, theater, like there's very much so like having to pretend to be more masculine because you want to be more butch, I guess, which is its own topic. Yeah. So that's what code switching is. And Code switching isn't necessarily like a bad thing, but uh, like it was saying is when it is getting in the way of your authentic self, that's when it is kind of bad. But like code switching can just be as simple as like not cursing around your family versus when you normally curse around your friends. Like it's just a societal thing and knowing your boundaries around certain groups of people, like not saying sacrilegious things about, uh, about religious people. That doesn't necessarily mean you're not being authentic to yourself. It just means that you're being conscious. I've even had like, I've had exes and just, it doesn't even have to be an ex, but like anyone in general who a lot of gay people have like a higher toned voice. Like in some ways I do have a very gay voice, but my voice isn't nearly as gay as some people's. So in some cases I can pass and a lot of cases I can't, but I just remember some of my friends uh, who have like that higher pitched voice go through like a drive-through and they get the yes ma'am like people if they don't see their face and their appearance they get the yes ma'am and it's funny but I in so many ways I know it probably makes them feel so insecure because they're not being identified the way they feel and that would make anyone feel insecure but in a lot of cases like they just get over it because it's really not a big deal but it's just funny how we relate sounds of voices to like a gender or like a class of person. Another thing too that I learned when I was watching the documentary was that like even something as like methodical as speech pathology, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of gay people in like early ages of like school where they get told that they have a lisp just because their uh, S's sound not like the masculine S, which is something that you don't think about when you're seeing it. Like, like I never actively thought like, oh, my voice isn't a 
stereotypical like man voice. Mine is more of a vernacular of like a, a female and I never thought about that. And even like with speech pathologists, a lot of them don't see that because it's not something that you're actively conscious about. So yeah, many many gay people have seen like a speech teacher for quote unquote lisp. The TH is a phonological delay. The S might be identified by a speech language pathologist or by the parents as gender inappropriate. And so the th, like the TH as an S is what makes a lisp, a lisp, but just like a S, like, how do I do it? Like a yes, like that is not a lisp, but a lot of times <laughs> that is identified as a lisp because it's not understood as just like a gender thing. But yeah, like what I was saying is there are so many straight men who sound gay and it's just because they're influenced by the women in their life and gay people growing up with like no queer identity and, and no like feminine attributes or aspirations or like culture involvements a lot of them have straight sounding voices because because they only know like the masculine part of society even outside of like the gay voice you know there are accents and vernacular languages used in all cultures and communities like black accents asian accents spanish accents and then we have the gay accents and in america specifically the norm and the highest class voice is the white american accent that matches the visible identity so in terms of me like what would be the most norm and best fitting quote-unquote best fitting for me would to sound more masculine and that's why a lot of like minority groups especially immigrants work so hard to lose their natural voice and accent because they want to earn respect they want to seem more american and so a lot of times they work to lose their authentic voice. There are a lot of like uh, immigrants who come from like other countries and they'll even change their name. So it doesn't sound like so if they so if it's seen on a resume, it's they're not going to be assumed to have be an immigrant because they want to be and seen as American and the norm as possible because unfortunately that for some reason is the most respected and more prestige being, which is so wrong because it has nothing to do with your work ethic and who you are and any of that. The typical masculine language is like duh, dumb. Like you, when you're like, when you're saying a specific word uh, for men and it's, oh my God, it's so crazy because there are so many gay people who will spend so much money to go to like a voice coach because they're insecure about their voice and they want to be more masculine. And uh, one of the things that the voice teachers uh, teaches to sound more masculine is uh, going from like duh, dumb. Like when you're saying a word, the first syllable is like lower and then you end on a stronger note. It has more dominance behind it. And is that's typically what the man voice is. Even within the gay community, a hyper-masculinity is so appealed because I know for me, before I was fully accepted in the queer community and I still had internal like homophobia, is other gay people who had super gay voices, I was less attracted to them because I was like, they're so gay. They're so gay. And it's like, of course they're gay because they're fucking gay. A, a huge portion of the gay community, there are so many queer people who are only attracted to heteronormative behavior, like uh, attributes. 
Like they want to ma- like if you go on Grinder, you see so many people who are masked for mask. Like they don't like the feminine. And simply like what they answer, the reason why it is this is because it's misogyny. Like even within the gay community, like there is a shit ton of misogyny and people want people to be quote unquote men and to be masculine and to not have like feminine attributes because it for some reason is inferior or not as strong and prominent and it's fucked up even in like gay porn so many straight people are hired because gay men are getting off to this idea of masculinity and they're more attracted to that than femininity not to say that there aren't people who are attracted to like feminine people like there's so many quote-unquote straight men who love like feminine men Even, like, in society, too, like, going off of, like, how the gay voice is kind of a lower class or lower stature, like, it's not as respected as in Disney movies. Yeah, so even in, like, a lot of Disney movies, like, majority of the male villains have quote-unquote stereotypical gay voices. Scar, Jafar... Gaston is a very effeminate but yet masculine man. Captain Hook is super feminine. Hades, like, so many villains have, like, these feminine attributes. And it just shows how deep and far misogyny runs in our culture. And, of course, the villain is going to have, like, feminine attributes because it's not quote-unquote ideal. Like, I don't fucking know. There's also this thing that happens to a lot of gay people when they first come out, they their voice tends to get a lot more gayer than what it was before. And it's because and, and one and it could be a subconscious thing where they now feel more free. And when they're out in public or whatever, they want to be more identifiable because they're feeling more proud of it. And they maybe are looking for someone or just have that desire to now be seen proudly as a gay person and but a lot of times they won't even notice that they're doing it it's like people's friends who will be like your voice is changing like it sounds more feminine it's not even like a bad thing it's just like interesting to see but yeah this is like that was just like a quick little like gay voice kind of thing we have very important voices it deserves to be heard even in terms of like hiring straight actors this is why you know there's that's its own discussion i personally believe that like Gay actors should play gay actors because, unfortunately, in the field of media and stuff like that, so many gay people aren't being cast because they have an effeminate voice. So we're not able to have jobs and media and stuff like that for whatever reason, even if they're gay or not voice. Anyone who has an effeminate voice and is a male strictly is only ever cast as a super stereotypical feminine guy. So. I think it's important for gay people to have jobs. So until there is equality with that, let gay people act as gay people because we don't even get to act as straight people. So that's my opinion on that. I think we have wonderful voices and we shouldn't be insecure about it. And I'm so sorry for anyone who has ever like felt like they needed to pay for a class to sound more masculine and not gay. Like we should be proud of our our language, our vernacular and we get to voice over books. Like there, there is a place for us and we can create our own little like niche community. And eventually, hopefully it'll be more broad and more accepted. And it's 
so crazy to think that it's not and that it's looked down upon because it's simply just someone's voice. Like it literally has nothing to do with like their morals or ethics as a human being. It's simply just like a characteristic, like someone's finger being longer than another person's finger. Like it's literally just as simple as that. So yeah, for some reason, this is something that I'm just like passionate about. And I think it's just so interesting because even within voices, there is just a whole history, like background within just the sound of someone's voice. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hope you learned something. I also hope it didn't sound like only gay people have like effeminate voices. Like there are so many straight people who have effeminate voices. And just because someone has that voice doesn't mean they're gay and or doesn't mean they're straight. It just means that they were influenced by a lot of women in their life. And if there's a straight man who has that kind of voice, maybe they're probably a better person <laughs> because they weren't around as many men. So uh, just food for thought. Another thing that I think is really annoying or something that for me that I genuinely did not enjoy as I was coming out is people being like, well, how did they not know you were gay? Can they not just hear the sound of your voice? Like, yeah, it's funny. And I get that it's a joke, but it just, it makes me feel uncomfortable because it is something that, you know, will, can, can target violence. And it is a whole thing that I have fought against my whole life because I've been told that it is wrong or just not good and what the norm is. So don't ever say that to someone who hasn't come out. Uh, it, it, you just don't have to. And we get it. Like, I get it's a joke, but it's just not fun. If you guys enjoy this episode, follow. I'll see you guys next week. We'll talk about my birthday, my coming out experience. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Ask the really personal. Rate the podcast if you haven't. And share this to like your family or friends or anyone who you think could like learn something from this. Alrighty, I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. Mwah.